we've gone 38 episodes of this podcast with no music at the beginning, just a dry just start. A, just a dry start. Just yeah. To... Finally have music because there's a local comedian named Trevor. Trevor's a local comedian in a band, and uh, he's been nice enough to uh, let us use some of the his Dork music. The Dork Forest has, uh, has intro music by a guy who was in a band here in Minneapolis back in the 90s. You remember the 90s. Uh, oh, yeah. That was my glory days. And uh, he was in Rex Daisy. Oh, yeah. And he was in Ticket to Ride. Ticket. It was a cover band. They played over there, and he would always sing. His name's Mike Rickberg, and him and yeah. his uh, girlfriend, Sarah Cohen, sang the intro to The Dork Forest. I've heard Welcome it. I like to it. to The Dork Forest. Jackie <laughs> and her friends will never bore us. <laughs> and then he sings Mexican Hat Dance at the end, but that's from the first episode. The first pre-recorded episode of The Dork Forest, he helped me with the sound. Because he's a musician, and musicians know about sound. So, here we go. Episode, we've started. I think we already started. I think he's recording. I think we're in. I think we're in. I'll uh, say now that this is episode 39. 39, well done. 39. One a week for 39 weeks. 39 weeks. No laugh track. What was your favorite episode? Um, Well... Ask me after this one, and maybe I'll have a different I answer. Think this could be the best. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. There's been quite a few. Uh, that were super fun? Yes. I mean, they, I've had a, they've all been great, obviously. Obviously, every every week is a joy. Yes. But um, some weeks are funnier than yes, other weeks. Yes, some like, weeks are funnier. Some weeks I'm a bigger fan right. coming in to the person that's my guest. Right, or Chad Daniels is talking. Or Chad. Sometimes Chad Daniels is talking and it makes you laugh like yeah. a crazy person. Yes, it does. John Huntsberger. Uh, uh, I, Andy Kindler was one of my favorites. <laughs> yes. Because He's I, really good one-on-one. Yeah, because I sat... It's in front of numbers of people. What? I Where sat back. It all fell apart. Okay. I sat back and he just pretty much like riffed on everything, like all these weird noises in the room. He is plug and play, that Andy Kindler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was a good one. Uh, James Adomian, just about a month ago. That's great, fellow Armenian. That's right. Yeah, we're constantly being uh, subbing out for people. Like They're like, oh, you can't get Jackie Cation. I'm going to get James Adomian. And then we <laughs> riff on the fact that we we're not interchangeable. No. He's much more dapper than I am. He's a better dresser. It's all working out for him. I think he was wearing a scarf when he was in here. He'll do it. He'll rock a scarf. Yeah, do you He's rock a right scarf? I do not. No. There's no... At this point, I'm wearing a, a mock turtleneck sweater that I'm pretty proud of because I'm toasty, toasty warm. If I was wearing a scarf, people would think I'm hiding something. And you would be because <laughs> that's why you wear a scarf indoors. Well, I mean, hiding something, you know. Like a hickey. Like a, yeah, like a hickey or a bad remember tattoo. The, remember hickeys? Are they still giving out hickeys? I don't kids? know. I don't know, but I, I was always really jealous that I never got one in high school. I know. I never. I didn't get one. I think I had one when I was 30. <laughs> and uh, and it was just, uh, you know, that was bad life choice at that point. And if someone's, if there's a guy giving you a hickey when you're 30, you're hanging out with the wrong guy. That's, you're probably hanging trouble. out with me who's trying to catch up. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That might be it. Yes. Um, you said your name. I haven't said your name. Oh, I'm Jackie Cation. Welcome to uh, well, welcome to the to the, to the no, no laugh, laugh track, track podcast. podcast Acme's Acme podcast. Comedy Company. Yes. Here we go. Super fun. Mm-hmm. We were commenting on the couches. Episodes. How and much do you love the couch you're sitting on right now? It's pretty nice. Is it pleather? I think so. It's whatever you know. It, these couches it's are from the back. You know that. So these. Oh are, yeah. They have to clean up. Things easily. have happened. Yeah. They need to. They need to be a clean. Last up. week I was in Phoenix and uh, and they had just had a reality show into the club. It was called Scott Stand Up Scottsdale. Really okay. fun club, super fun club. 
Um, but they had had Bar Rescue come in and redo the club. Oh, it's essentially yeah, yeah. a reality show that messes up your business so that they can look like they're fixing your business. Yeah. And that's what Bar Rescue was doing at the stand-up Scottsdale, soon to be aired, no doubt. And one of the things that they said was they made him get rid of his green room and expand it, losing, I believe, 20 or 30 seats. Oh, in, brilliant. Yeah, that's a great business model. Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so they made the, he's like, because that's what comics want, uh, is a fancy green room. We wouldn't know what to do with a fancy green room. And so this green room looked exactly like an airport terminal. It was not comfortable. It was, and the, and these couches are perfect. These couches are, are, are deep enough that you can kind of slouch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you can, there can be some sliding and it's mm-hmm. awesome. These were uh, like half this width. So you're constantly like sitting straight up, straight up, super, super tense at yeah. all times. The whole thing was a debacle. I meant Bar attention. rescue, you blow. <laughs> is what I'm saying. Stand up, Scottsdale. I like you. So those is that the, a show you've seen? No, no, it's on Spike. I guess. Oh, I'd never even heard of it. Me neither. So I was like, and I just got rid of cable. We're just doing Netflix. We're doing Hulu, Hulu Plus, and uh, we got a DVD player. And I own all of the Avengers movies, so I don't know why I would have to have Cable, right? I have Iron Man. I have Iron Man 2. I have the Incredible Hulk. I have uh, Thor. I have Captain America. And I have the Avengers. I don't understand why I would need to have Cable. And those are featured on Netflix. Oh, I also I have uh, Netflix and the Amazon. Uh, oh, Amazon Prime. That is yes. also available, yes. um, which I have not signed up yet for. But it's fine. As So far, we don't watch enough television to warrant any of it. So I, I'm supposed to because I'm in the television industry. One one says, "How are you? Pull, how what uh, sort of contraption is pulling in your? Netflix? We have a PS3. Yeah, we also have a Wii. There you and, go. Uh, we have a some sort of uh, square thing from Nintendo, and uh, <laughs> probably a, <laughs> the Nintendo Anchor. <laughs> yes, the we do not have an Xbox. That's the one we don't have. So PS3 right here. PS3. Oh, yeah. Did you hear about the PS4? Uh, just that they had some big announcement last week. It's a big announcement. It's uh, there's going to be a touchpad on 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 the joystick on the controller that can work as a um, as a as a mouse pad. Did you hear about that? I'm gonna get one when they drop in price, like five years from now. Right, so. right, yeah, yeah. There's no reason. <laughs> there's no reason to get them on the cutting edge because uh, I'm not a 19 year old man child. No, I did pay for my Nintendo, my first n- Nintendo, with my paper route money. See? Yeah, sixth grade. Sixth grade paper route? Yeah. That was still happening? I don't think they have paper routes anymore for children. I don't know. I was just having a conversation with someone recently. I started working in fifth grade. Yeah. Fifth grade. Yeah. I have kids now. I can't ever see them... Working. Yeah, working ever, probably. They'll be in their late 20s. Yeah. Going, Dad, do you have... Yeah, I don't know. Do you have $600? And uh, so, yeah. Yeah, there's... Parenting right now, like, I I, I wouldn't breed on a dare, but uh, the thing (laughs) is, is... The because uh, um, I have I have uh, twelve nieces and nephews and four great nieces and nephews. Oh boy! And because everybody's breeding around me, I mean, I don't think the species is going to die out. I don't think the Cation asshole gene is going to fade. <laughs> I think it's all going to work out for people. But um, the expectations, because you're a parent and Josh a parent, yes. The expectations of parents right now is completely. Like you're su- expected to be supportive, right? You have to be supportive of your children. Yeah. V- enormously supportive, but you cannot hover. You you have to create independent children. You're not to be a helicopter bomb or dad, right? The second thing, you have to get them every advantage. 
You have they have to have the best education, the opportunity for exercise. Heaven forbid that they become fat. Uh, they have to have dental. I mean, you have to make sure that they have all of these things, right? Every advantage, but they uh, can't be spoiled. Right. Don't spoil them. Right. Right. Don't. Who wants to? Who wants to hang out with that kid? No. But so the expectations there, and then the third one, you're supposed to raise these non-judgmental, incredibly tolerant children. But for the love of Christ, they better fucking win. Right. And they're just like, no, I'm not putting all this effort into you. So no pressure on either of you as yeah. a parent or as a child. For everyone, you have to look like the greatest person in the world when you're done raising this kid. They have to look perfect and they have to not be jerks. I wonder if uh, I'm going to put a positive spin on divorce. And with Are my you? kids mm-hmm, mm-hmm. now having two uh, mommy and daddy in separate houses. Yes. Maybe one of them has one role, and you can guess which one has the, uh, the uh, hovering and uh, spoiling role. And then right. one of us, me, doesn't do that. Oh, the, so they, they will raise balance. with... It's Right. I mean, the thing is, 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 like, I was raised with a great deal of neglect. What that has done has made me a better citizen. It has made me, it has made me want to please... Because I was neglected and constantly trying to please everyone around me, and I've uh, and it and it has created a good citizenship yeah. in me because I I want to I want to be of service to people, and I wish uh, and I also have no expectations uh, because I was given uh, I was you know food and clothing but yeah. you know yeah, I, yeah. I was I was there was you know there was some stuff I was not given and so you have to have regret when you when you have these kids they have to grow up because. If you do everything right, right, they grow up and then they don't have anything to talk to a therapist about, but they will, (laughs) but they will, right? Oh, yeah. And so I say, do everything right, but uh, do the things where you give them every advantage. Make them do the things you wanted to do. Like, no, I always wanted to learn how to sail. Well, your children don't like to sail. Tough. You're going to learn how to sail. You're going to learn how to skull. You're going to learn how to... Skull. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be... You're going to have a, a whole nautical career. Who's picking you... the girls up from sculling today? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's gonna, you're on the crew team. Uh, what? What am I doing? We're in Minnesota. There's the... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're on one. You're on one. The Mississippi. It's happening. <laughs> We're going to crack the ice. So, yeah. I, um, when I got married, I was 39. And um, people were like, are you guys going to have kids? And I was like, who raised you? You're not supposed to ask, because what if I wanted kids and I burst into tears at you? Yeah. That you would not enjoy. The second thing you wouldn't enjoy is if you asked me and I was trying to have kids and you had to listen to a a litany of medical procedures that I was going through. Neither of those things are fun. No, no, no. So why don't you do yourself a favor and not fucking ask? (laughs) I'm allowed to swear, right? I've said fuck twice. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so uh, it's... By the way, if people like the stand-up comedy of Jackie Cation... uh, it's uh, my uh, my my stand-up comedy. There's cursing. There's it's not that disgusting. It's usually just cursing, not content. Where you have to, you know, like some people will talk about a lot of bodily functions. I don't have a I don't have a lot of bodily function humor. Have uh, you ever worked in a fart joke? I have. You know what? I think I farted once when I went on stage, and I hated the club so much that I actually mentioned it. There you go. That was, and the guy had <laughs> the the owner of the club was such a tool bag of a human being. Yeah. And he was like, "I saw you. I saw that joke you opened with." And I said, "Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought of it. That's what I thought of that set." 
Anyway, <laughs> it was a terrible gig, and I it's the worst place I've ever done stand-up comedy in uh, Albuquerque. Albuquerque, New Mexico. Oh, really? I think the guy whose name is Russ Re- <laughs> He was the biggest douchebag on the planet. Probably still is. Hey, let's badmouth that guy. Uh, his name was Russ something, and he was uh, he, and he was having an affair with the woman who worked in the box office. Whoa. And his wife had picked me up from the airport. And told you all about it, apparently. No, no. Uh, on the 15-minute drive when she picked me up from the airport, the first thing she said to me was, this is your first time here, so I'll just tell you, if we don't like you, we won't have you back. Oh, And nice. I said, okay, uh, I'm just I'm just going to do comedy. And uh, and then they, they put me up in a comedy condo, which is, of course, the worst thing idea in the world. Yeah, I love these uh, stories, love the comedy condo stories. But it's, uh, go on, yeah. The iron was chained to the wall, <laughs> at which point I said to him, who are you booking that would steal a $12 iron? Yeah. And it was the, I made them pay me in cash because it was so horrible. The MC was the fry cook. So the guy did his, his, uh, his MC set. He brought up the feature. He had to go back and work the fry later. Oh my God. Yeah. And so <laughs> he missed bringing me up once. No. Yeah. This was the, and it was $7 to get into this. What club. was going on on stage while you were going, okay, where is he? <laughs> Oh, the M's, the feature was up, um, and he finished his set, and then there was silence. And then the kid was nowhere to be found. Perfectly nice man. Right. Uh, the guy was fine. I mean, he was just doing his, he was working his day job. His main and, job. Right. <laughs> and then emceeing, because he wanted to do stand-up. Yeah. And uh, perfectly, he just, he, that guy just emailed me, actually, on Facebook. I can't remember his name. Nice guy. Anyway, but. Uh, now he's head chef. And now, well, no, no, he's, he's doing stand-up and he's moved on. But uh, the, I had to go up and, and I just, I yelled, I, what was the guy's, the feature's name? I forgot that guy's name too. Whatever, there's thousands of people. <laughs> and, uh, and I go, just bring me up. Let's just end this. <laughs> oh, no. And, uh, no, no. And granted, this was six or seven years ago. So um, I know better now uh, to work for dumb people. I don't work for dumb people anymore. Now you can pick. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. It's uh, you get to a certain point <laughs> where I'm just like, no, I'd rather be considered a bitch than an idiot. So <laughs> I'm not going to play. <laughs> so I'm not going to. I'm not doing it. Let's talk about Acme because that's where we are. Oh, the best! I'm yeah. so psyched. I'm psyched to be here, people. Home. You like to home. call it home, I this believe. This is it. This is my comedy home, people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I grew up in Wisconsin and started doing stand-up in Wisconsin back in the 80s. And then 1990, I moved to Minneapolis. And then I moved to Los Angeles in 97. And so I came up through the uh, through the Acme channels, me, Louis Lee. Uh, I did the open mics. Then I emceed. And then he moved me up to feature. And then he moved me up to headliner. And uh, he is... The best. He's he's my favorite person in uh, the comedy industry. Wow, Louis Lee. Yeah, he's great. And th- and what he's done here is 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 a, is amazing in the last twenty years. Where this the open mics on Monday, where fifteen years ago he starts this open mic. He has two waitresses serving people water, and they're all sixteen. And okay, yeah, yeah. So it was it was just it was an all ages thing, open mic. Anyone could come. So sodas and waters. Yeah. And maybe, you know, 10 people having beer. Yeah. And then 15 years later, they're all 32 years old. Yeah. And they come once a week. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. They all and can't so, get in. And they and, and the open mics are sold out now. I yeah. mean, they're free to come, but they're it's it's capacity. Yes. So 220 people are here on a, on a Monday night. Isn't that amazing? And yeah. turning away people that want to get up on stage. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, 
only so many slots yeah. because he you know he's he's building comics he does and i and i brag about him all the time he's got he's got a certain sanity to him that you don't find in stand up comedy uh business like you know there's another club at the mall of america i've heard and then there's a couple of four four wallen places right you know there's other like weekend rooms around the mm-hmm. around the twin cities mm-hmm. and in other cities like chicago and um indiana indianapolis and almost every other city houston almost every other city in the country if you work one club in a town a stand-up comedy club you can't work the other club yeah they they have a rivalry they have a they don't believe in uh, abundance man they don't they don't believe in infinite uh, availability <laughs> uh what lewis lee believes is that no one is driving more than 20 minutes uh to see stand-up comedy so you might as well go up yeah that's a good point yeah and he's like the more you go up the better you are at stand-up comedy mm-hmm. so please go up somewhere else yeah absolutely and he has you know i mean if you're famous or if you have a following like if and headliners you know he's like stagger it you know give me six months for people to come and and write new material. Yeah, yeah. And, and he's like, you know, make it make it worth both of our whiles. But I don't care if you work the house of comedy. Yeah. And and with features and MCs, he's just like, do it. Yeah, they're working all over. Work all yeah. over because when then when you come back, you'll have new material. Mm-hmm. You'll be tighter. And when I like the show that I'm in this week with Derek and uh, Tommy, that's a great show. Yep. From start to finish. Mm-hmm. When I come on stage, all I can do is try to keep it up here, yeah. you know, because those, I mean, they have local references. They have super tight 15, 30 minutes. And I remember when I lived here, I would, he would feature me like three to five times a year, three yeah. or four times a year. And so I would do seven shows four times a year. And it was the tightest 30 minutes in the world that somebody had to follow. Yeah. With, complete with local references, complete with with just super tight. And headliners would get up and they would, you know, and, so, and some comics, they they don't like it as much. They don't like, and and not not comics who work here, I don't think. But, I mean, some comics like to have someone not that great go before oh, okay. them so sure. that they can appear genius yes but see it's not easy they suck i'm awesome i'm amazing and yeah. it's i mean and it's it doesn't do your comedy any good to have that either i mean i would prefer to have the whole show be up here mm-hmm. you know be on this higher level so that when they leave they're like the MC was amazing. Mm-hmm. The feature was amazing. The headliner was amazing. It is interesting walking out of here as a you know coming to a show as a fan and uh, <clears throat> hearing people you know the like you know here at Acme you have to walk up the stairs to get to the street oh, right. right and uh, you hear over here a lot of conversations of people walking out like God that I don't do you remember his name but the first guy no one a lot of people don't know the nobody names nobody knows the names uh, or anybody let, not their not uh, let alone their names but even like you know describing them as the feature or the MC it's just right. like the first guy the first guy the, the second first guy, guy and the third I liked guy. him the most no the second guy oh the yeah. third you know but then they'll probably know the headliner's name but. they might know the headliner's name and the weirdest thing is you know when like because. Because I am a black lesbian uh, comic with a limp, I am always unique in yeah, the lineup. Right. <laughs> no, but the but there's there's usually only one woman on the lineup. There's often only one black person on the lineup. There's yeah. often only one 
Native American, you know, I mean, and if that's the way, and if you are that person, if you are essentially the freak show, which is me, the lady on the lineup, <laughs> I rarely get mixed up yeah. with, the, with the two white guys. Because there'll be two not. white guys and a woman. <laughs> yeah. You you have this interesting, but in the last year, I've worked two weeks where I got to the club and the club owner was like, hey, I didn't think about it, but I booked all women. And I'm like, are they funny? And he's like, Yeah. So, I mean, I don't care who goes and, I mean, I just want everyone to be funny, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, I, and, um, and some, and, and those are good club owners to not, to have just done it by accident yeah. and not do, hey, we're going to have a freak show. It's going to be all <laughs> ladies and yeah. we're going to give out roses. <laughs> Stop giving out roses. <laughs> I'm a jackass. It's but ladies night. It's ladies On night. stage. Let's do it. Roller skates afterwards. <laughs> karaoke. And, uh, but the, and giant bowls of blue liquor. But uh, the, <laughs> but it was funny because what, what, white male comics get all the time according to my friends who mm-hmm. are many of them are white male comics yeah. is that they'll get mixed up mm-hmm. like people will come up to him and say i love that bit about you in chicago and it's like well i'm the one who's from arizona oh. and but you're thinking of the feature you're thinking of the middle guy yeah. and um so when i did those two weeks with the women all women comics and the thing people would be like oh i love that bit you do about your brother and i was like that is actually not me wow that is a fascinating it was a That's weird crazy yeah, yeah it, I was, mean, it totally makes sense but it totally makes sense but you don't really get it mm-hmm. as a woman comic as much just because you're usually the only woman on the show That's but crazy it, it's another thing white men have to go through man Hey, you don't know what it's through. like, man. It's got to be, you know, and everyone thinks they're handing this 20s under the table. Just like, <laughs> hey, you're a white guy? Let's do this. And uh, <laughs> uh, Like the, uh, what's the Ben Fold song? Uh, Rock in the Suburbs. <laughs> I do not know. Um, is there... y- y'all don't know what it's like being male, middle class, and white. That's one of the lyrics. That's awesome. Did yeah. you see that thing on Leno with um, Louis C.K. talking about his daughters? No. But it I was, meant it's to. online. Yes. It's, and, and it was, I don't watch Leno, so. No, no, I, and I saw it because somebody posted it. I don't watch anything, sadly. And, uh, but the, uh, they, they posted it, and, and I watched because, oh, I know, because one of my brother's friends asked me if panel, like if someone on Leno doesn't do stand-up, they just go and sit down, and it's a comic. They're like, are they doing jokes? Are they still doing jokes? I was like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it turns out they're not just talking. Right. It isn't a podcast. Yeah. It's Leno. Yeah. <laughs> it's Letterman. It's Conan. It's Kimmel. They've been given a list of topics oh, to yeah. bring up. Yeah. So Leno said, how are your daughters? And Louis C.K. goes, well, they're tiny little white girls. They're fine. There's, I mean, they really, they won the lottery of being born <laughs> in America yeah. as tiny white children. And it was a very funny bit about about uh, about slavery, and it was a very funny bit about slavery. Nothing's funnier, hey. funnier than slavery. Uh, no, I meant to see that. I saw people post. That. I think it was Facebook, you know, like oh, oh yeah. see Louis, uh, and uh, I think I tried to look it up on my phone, and there was an error. So. <laughs> right, didn't happen. Sometimes there's a fail. Yeah, there's a fail. There's an internet epic fail. I want to tell you that I uh, randomly, well, not too randomly, I. Looked, I looked up your podcast. Sure, the Dork Forest. The Dork Forest on Dork, on uh, dork Dialogue. That's right. <laughs> I'm one of the Dorks. And uh, just the other day, I, I pulled it up on my iPhone and I searched for just you know a second for a guest. Like, oh, I like him or her. Right. And it was you and Maria Bamford. Mm-hmm. 
in some restaurant. Oh, it was the Dork Origin episode. People are always like, when is Maria going to be on? And I was like, Maria's on once a year. Uh, she's been on. She's got four episodes with me and Maria Bamford talking about self-help, talking about anything. And that was, she told me she would be, last year she was like, I'll be on, but I want to interview you about yes, your that's dorkdoms. The one. Yep. And so we went out to lunch. And talked she about chicken. Talked about chicken. Talked about romance novels. Romance novels, yes. Which inspired my romance novel bit. She's like, you have to do a joke about that. And I was like, all right. Oh, you joke. really have one now? Oh, I have one. Oh, oh yeah. I, I didn't yeah. know that. And with me, uh, all of my bits start out as like eight-minute bits that then whittle down to about four. If I'm lucky, I can get them down to three. That animal bit, I don't know if you've ever seen the... Get a new dog, get a new cat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that uh, that was a that was a five and a half minute bit that is now two minutes and thirty fifty nine seconds. To be exact. So to be exact, as a matter of fact, because it's been animated. So yeah. I well, here's what the interesting thing in that uh, in that episode, you listen to that episode. Yeah. Oh, fun. Yes, but I didn't. If that song you were saying the, um, the hat dance course? is at the end. Yeah. I didn't listen to the. I must have missed. I didn't listen in to the, the very end. end the very end. Yeah, yeah. I didn't not. listen to the very end, but most of the episode. In yeah. any case, at one point she. Asked Ask you something about uh, some, you know? Well, where do you want to be? What do you want to do? And the thing you mention is being on Conan. Oh, did I? Yes. Well, good for me. I know. Look at me living the secret. Uh, and so, it was this month, right, that you were on? Yeah, yeah. it was on a, a two weeks ago from yesterday. Yeah, look at that. Yeah, yeah. It was, and it was funny because about six weeks ago, somebody else told me. La- I was running the set, you know, because they, they, you submit a set. Right. And then you tweak it a little bit to make sure it fits into their time frame and that all they approve all the jokes and everything. Yeah. And then um, I was running it one uh, right before, the weekend before, and this woman comes up to me and, God dang it, Brandy, what was her name? I have no memory of anyone's name anymore. It's gone. And uh, so, and I don't see people often enough. And so, but the, we did a, we did a thing together at, uh, on the Conan show, but not on the Conan show. Like it was just on their set and, and it was probably two or three months ago. And she said, remember when you were like, Hey, can we walk on the stage and see where, where you, where you do your set? And I said, yeah, cause I want to practice. And so, and then just three months later, holy crap! I got my first set, and I'd never been on late night television. I hadn't even been on, you know, Ferguson or Kimmel or Craig Kilborn. I never did Craig <laughs> Kilborn, and uh, maybe I can do the Pete Holmes show though, huh? Do you see that the Pete Holmes no, got a late he, night show? He, he's getting one. Has one. He's getting one. Oh, yeah, I didn't it's going to be. It's going to be after Conan. Really? Yeah. Oh, on TBS. On TBS. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, he's got a late night panel show. It uh, that guy's super charming and really really funny. So it, I don't I don't blame him because he's great. It's going to be better than the George Lopez show. Almost. Oh yeah, Augie Smith was supposed to do the George Lopez show. He gets off the plane. They were like, "Hey, they canceled it." I mean, he was flying into Los Angeles to do the show. That was the other. Um, I don't know how many times Augie Smith. I don't really even know who that is, except that on Portland the drive Comic. over here, mm-hmm. I was listening to him on. I think is the latest episode. The latest episode with T.J. Miller and Sue Costello. Yes, Dork Panel. Yeah, I figured. You know, if I just went back to one that's like I don't know the Maria Bamford one I mm-hmm. heard was a year or so. Yeah, it was about a year ago. Yeah, and then I'm like, well, I better get to. I should check something out that's more recent. Well, I went the brand at, new one, and I'm, I'm a big T.J. Miller fan. Uh, Holy, five hundred episodes of the Dork Forest. So. <laughs> 
Yeah, I've been doing it since 2006. I got on the ground floor of podcasting. I'd say you did. Not the ground floor of plastics, which is much more profitable. <laughs> and uh, But the, uh, yes, um, it was a really fun episode, the Dork Panel, because the live episodes can be really different because the the usually the dork forest the one-on-ones like there's a great episode where i talked to this woman about salsa a comic solange castro out of la okay love salsa dancing love salsa dancing to the point where it's one of my favorite things when people say well i don't really do it much now i don't do it as much as i used to and i'm like oh so you only go like once a week and she's like no i go about three or four times a week (laughs) I was like, oh, you still love salsa dancing. Yeah. 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 And I was like, how often were you doing it before? And she was like, oh, every night. Oh, my God. I was like, and then going to work the next day? And she's like, because she has a day job. And she's like, yeah. Because salsa dancing starts at 10 p.m. and goes to 2 in the morning. I would imagine so. Right? And you're moving around a lot. It's salsa dancing. Yeah, you're dancing super hard for four hours. And then, what, you go home and wipe off the sweat of a thousand gentlemen? And then <laughs> you wake up at 7 a.m. and go to work? What Hopefully not hell? in the same outfit. Oh, my God. So gross. And, um, and you know, and I had... Uh, you know, I've I've had a lot of a lot of comics on. I had Guy Branham on. Do you know that guy from Chelsea Lately? He was on Chelsea Lately for a while. No. He writes on W. Kamau Bell's show now. Oh, okay. Totally I've biased. seen that show. Totally biased. He's a giant, uh, very tall, balding gay man. Okay. And uh, he his dorkdom, Canadian politics. Hmm. Canadian political history. Fifty-seven minutes on Canadian political history. Hilarious. It's a great episode. Wow. But so those are the one-on-ones, right? Like where we talk about something that somebody loves. Yeah. And what they're into, you know? Like Dwight Slade, he didn't have one thing. So he said, well, I can pick three people I'm really into. Like, I like Pete Best from the Beatles. Right. Um, The Lost uh, Drummer. The last 24 hours of Elvis's life. Okay. And Anne Frank. Sadly, he did them in that order. Oh. Uh, so we close on Anne Frank. And uh, the funniest part of that episode, though, is he was listening to Anne Frank's diary on Audible, like a, uh, a book on tape. Right, right. And in the, he's driving up the PCH. He's doing sets on the West Coast. Uh-huh. And um, he forgets that Anne Frank dies at the end of her own diary. What? Yeah. And so he gets. Did to he the think end she the, was narrating the book? Well, yeah, I know. I was like, he gets to the end of the thing, and then there's an epilogue, and he's like, "Oh yeah, whatever happened to that kid?" No, he said he burst into tears no, no, on the PCH. No, no, no. He was like, "Who would kill a 16 year old?" No. And I'm like, "Nazis." <laughs> yeah, that's what they do. Yeah, it, it's one of their go tos. They <gasps> they kill children. Oh. <laughs> They're bad people. Dwight Slade was. Uh... Has he been on the no show No one yet? knows that he was a guest on this show because that was a week where my oh. guy Josh here Lost was episode. ill. Last episode. We recorded. I went home. Two hours later, I got the text. Uh, there's no audio. Fuck. So, of seagulls. Yeah. So Dwight That's and I had a great conversation. Lots of laughs. <laughs> no one knows but me and Derek who hit record that day. Well, I mean, that's the, that's the thing about podcasts. You can lose an episode. You can lose an ep- I lost the Augie episode, uh, an early Augie episode when I was... Because the first 213 episodes of The Dork Forest were done via essentially conference call where we'd all call in and it would be recorded through Blog Talk Radio. Oh, yeah. So the quality... It's a lot like a Red Fox album from 1969. <laughs> you can hear it. <laughs> Best of luck. Yeah. What I do recommend is you go, there's about 100, and I think it's, I think the T.J. Miller one is episode 160. 
That's right. So, um, so there's 160 pre-recorded goodness. Yeah. And the first two or three of them, I didn't have an audio guy. And then one of my fans, a great guy named Patrick Brady, said, can I fix that? Because I would like to hear this better. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, the first three episodes, the first one's Mike Rickberg showing me how to do the audio. He's the guy who sings the, the intro music. Okay. And then the second episode is Kathleen Madigan and Lori Kilmartin. Oh, yeah. Talking about the Kennedys. And it was one. It's a great episode. The audio isn't. It's good. It's much much better than the others, but it isn't as good as it is today. Yeah. But that's a great episode because they talk about the Kennedys and not John Kennedy, the rest of the Kennedys, like their parents, and their and his siblings. It's weird because they they keep talking about it, and I tr- keep trying to get him to talk about the stand up. And at one point, Laurie Kilmartin goes, "You said we could talk about the Kennedys for an hour." <laughs> <laughs> She was another one of my favorite episodes, by the way. You asked oh, me about yeah. that earlier. Yes, oh, God, she was here a little, over, a little less than a year ago. And she wrote that shitty mom book. That's with, right. With a couple other people. Yeah. That's a great book, actually. Very funny. Yeah, I, I haven't read it. I did read uh, some reviews and a few clips it, from Amazon. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, remember, um, he's just not that into you? Mm-hmm. It's sort of formatted like that. So it's a really easy read, but it is smart and funny and dark and great. Well, hopefully they don't make, if they make a movie out of it, it won't be bad like Oof. that one was. Yeah, that movie was terrible. Yeah. Poor yeah. Greg Barrett had a cameo. But I think it was I think it was made by the same guy who made the Sex and the City movies. Yeah. Wasn't it? Yeah. I, when both of those were terrible. His TV show was amazing. Patrick King? Michael Patrick King? That sounds right. Yeah. Uh, the, t- the TV show was amazing. The, the movies, the, he, I think in the effort to make them bigger... To make Sex and the City bigger, he lost uh, any sense of reality. I, Not that I'll there was admit, a lot of reality in Sex and the City. <laughs> right. I'll admit I saw the first one in the theater. I saw both of them in the theater. And, the, you know, there's a, there's that game that you can play. What Which cast member of Sex and the City would you be? Right. And the cast member I would be from the second movie would be the Arab guy that got Samantha uh, arrested. <laughs> because, was it Why? Samantha? She's the one who's like the sex fiend. Yeah, yeah. And... She was a nightmare. Like she, she was like, all I want to do is pretend to fillet this hookah in public, and then touch this guy's crotch uh, when we're in what is supposed to be Riyadh. Right. And you're like, yeah, no, that that I don't want to see that at an Applebee's in Minnetonka. Quite honestly, <laughs> I don't want local reference. Local reference, ladies and germs. And uh, but there, did you know that there is an Applebee's in uh, in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia? Because I went to Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, to perform for the troops. Yeah, and uh, and they said, "Hey, do you want to go downtown to lunch?" And you'll was, love this place. Well, and I was like, "Yes, get me off of this base." Because as much as you know, it's because ex- it's exciting to go to I'd all of these so. countries, right? Yeah. But you're like, I don't want to eat steam table food. Uh, if there's a way to get off this base and have some falafel that was made by someone local. Yeah. And so. He's like, well, there's an Applebee's downtown. You want to go to the Applebee's? And I was like, no, no, I don't want to go, ever go to an Applebee's because I'm not a deer in search of a salt lick. Uh, so why don't we go to a privately owned Turkish restaurant? You never made it in then. You didn't see what they had on the walls. No, well, and the thing is, is I do regret because that would because 
just go to an Applebee's in Riyadh might have been the best thing ever, yeah. right? Because there would have been a men's entrance and a family entrance, much like there was at the Turkish restaurant we went to. Oh, no. Right, because there's a men's side of a restaurant, and then there's a, a, a fam- women and children's side of a restaurant. And you don't get to pick, I suppose, like you used to with the smoking or none. No, it is not a smoking <laughs> or none situation. You're like, well, I'm willing to tolerate men. <laughs> No? All right. I'm willing to tolerate children. If it's all that's left, I'll sit with the men. (laughs) Right. If there's all that's left, I guess I'll sit with those kids. That lady and those kids. So... Uh, I want to know more about the Conan thing. So that you you loved it, obviously. I watched it. You did five minutes. Yep. Yep. I did five minutes, and um, it was very fun. Super fun. And they make it as easy as they can make it. You know, they try to to just chill you out and... um, I ran it the night before at this one club, and I was talking to the booker the day of, and I said, hey, it ran really close to five minutes. And he goes, it doesn't matter now. Uh, That's the set. Uh, Let us not speak of it again. You just do it, and and if it's six minutes, that'll be fine. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, and, And they make it as comfortable as they can, where they just want you to have fun, you know? They genuinely want you to have a good time. And because Conan's having such a good time, yeah, which I think really helps. Had you met him before? I had not. Yeah. I had not, and it was great. It was really cool to meet him. And uh, is Laurie Kilmartin still writing there? Yeah, yeah. All of the writers came in, and I know three of them. Oh, I've met three or four of them before. Look at that. And uh, but they all came in to wish me luck and to say good job. That's awesome. And Jimmy Pardo's the he's the he does warm up. Yeah. Except for he doesn't do regular warm up like a lot of like I did warm up. Oh, I've never uh, and. And I won't be doing it again because it's uh, it's a complete it's like childcare. I don't need because warm up is usually um, you sort of in between the shoot. I, I did warm up on the new. Who is in hairspray? The newer one or the older one? The old one, Ricky Lake. Yeah, there's Ricky. a new Ricky Lake show, and um, I did warm up for the, one of the one of her episodes. And what you have to do is you have to run around and get everybody jazzed up for being at. at at a TV show taping. Yeah. So you give away t-shirts, you talk to them, you try it. You don't get to do any material. Do you hear that in my voice? <laughs> I don't get to tell any jokes. Who's this? And, uh, dude, I'm not happy. And so <laughs> what I'm doing is I'm just, I'm a clown. I'm a, some sort of clown for you people. And, uh, yes, yes, I was for $540. Oh, and, uh, so I did it, but I hated it. And, uh, what does Pardo do that's different? Pardo does seven minutes. He just does a set. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And it's awesome. Does he do his typical, you know, like, uh, what's your well, name? Well, yeah, I mean, he does, and all yeah, that, he, uh... does do, he does do crowd work. Yeah. So that's good because it keeps him focused. Yeah. And, they, and he talks to them. But he only has to do, you know, seven to ten minutes. And he gets to work on material. Yeah. And that's an entirely different gig. But he came in and said nice things, too. Sure, I and, bet. Like, because you get, what there is is there's a big green room and then there's, um, you have a dressing room. And and then and my manager, um, she had had uh, her one of her other clients, this comic Ron Funches. You know that guy? Yeah, he's great. But uh, he had just done it like a month earlier, and her husband is Brian Posehn. Oh, and really? So, yeah, okay. yeah, Melanie Truitt. Okay. And, um, so she had just been to Conan a bunch of times. So I had to be there super early so that I could be nervous and obsessed <laughs> for a long time. Right. She shows up. Kind of right before it starts. Hey, how's it going, Jackie? How you doing? And I'm like, I'm good. You know what you're doing. And uh, and the, for me, it doesn't. 
it's never the comedy that makes me worried. I'm never worried about the stand-up. Yeah. The stand-up is just going to be stand-up. Yeah. It's the venue. It's the fact that there's two and a half million people watching on the other end of the camera that was a slightly nerve-wracking. Couldn't block that out of your head? Yeah, I mean, you well, must have at some point. Well, no, no. It's once the joke's... Yeah. Once, once my joke hole opens and the bit that it begins, right? Uh, then uh, I'm in another world and it's fine. Yeah. Who else? Who else was on that show? Did you get to meet Bill Maher? I didn't get to meet him. I had met him earlier in life. Uh, he's very funny, Bill Maher. He has the social skills of many comics, which is most comics are just a asp- walking Asperger syndrome towards autism. So uh, <laughs> myself included, okay. if that's any consolation to anybody <laughs> who hates jokes about Aspergers or autism. <laughs> So, um, but the, uh, yeah, so Bill Maher, and then a woman from a new reality show, I think on TBS, who was, uh, did a Rubik's Cube in like two minutes. Oh, wow. And she was great. She was just a, she was a nerd, but she was all, she was, she's of the new brand of Super Fox nerds. Cause she was probably 23 years old, mm. Asian, very beautiful. Mm-hmm. And with a Rubik's Cube in her hand. So every 14-year-old boy's dream oh, come yeah, true, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Super Fox. Yeah. And, um, but really nice. Really nice and pretty awesome. Like, when she was going at it with the, with the and she plays Halo 2, and she's a giant gamer. And um, I'm like, what is happening? Oh, this is a, that's a brave new world out there, isn't it? And, because uh, it's, it's all kids who were raised, you know, in limited two clothing and with good dental care. <laughs> Uh, but but also on Ritalin, yeah. and uh, so there's a certain amount of disconnect of madness and concentration. Right, they have ADD, and then they start smoking pot and drinking booze, yeah. and they're still taking Ritalin, and that creates insanity, which creates comedy. Hey, so that's why all the new young comics are hot. It's not fair, really. It isn't fair. It isn't well. It isn't <laughs> fair for those of us who started doing stand-up comedy when people who did stand-up comedy were either genuinely unattractive or. Um, insane. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> that's why you did it. <laughs> I've been doing it forever. So. What, uh, did you ever, did you ever have a Rubik's Cube when you were younger? Yeah, I wasn't any good at it. No, me neither. I only get one side. Mm-hmm. I'm not good at puzzles. Yeah. And you can't try and just rip the stickers off and move them because they never went back you on. You could take them apart. You could take the whole, she, she said that she built her own Rubik's Cube. My husband's a, um, a game designer. I've, yes, yeah. I heard that. Yes, and uh, and he loves he loves puzzles. He loves he loves uh, not puzzle puzzles like I'm sure he would love a puzzle like a jigsaw. No, a j- not a jigsaw, jigsaw puzzle, puzzle as no. much as like he loves labyrinths and Dungeons and Dragons and he he loves uh, math. Like it's like he lo- <laughs> he's constantly telling me a long story about something that. I want to care about because I love him. You're not married to my father, are you? I feel like I might be. It's <laughs> <is> really weird. <laughs> I'm married to a guy who should have a bass boat <laughs> in his garage that he shares with his neighbor. Because um, it's the Midwest. Why would you have your own bass boat? Because I'm, I'm going to get a speedboat. You get a bass boat. We'll share them. Because, uh, you know, it's, just, it's bad times. So who's buying the trailer, though? That's it. We go, well, we'll, have to get, we'll get Bill. It's like, no, then we got to Bill you stuff. And uh, so it makes me laugh, the, the frugality of the Midwest, because everyone out in the, the coasts is like, well, I deserve both a jet ski and a speedboat and a bass boat. And people in Wisconsin are like, well, maybe once a month, just to be safe, we'll have powdered milk. <laughs> and, uh, you know, where you're like, oh, is that what's happening? All right. And then there's 
coffee cans with cash buried in people's backyards. Yeah, absolutely. How did um, I'm curious? There must have been if you know uh, your podcast is like like you said about upset people's obsessions. Mm-hmm. Talking about that, you how how did that start? Well, was the first podcast you did that was the topic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I started in 2006. Why? What was what was discussed? What was going on in your head? Like, well, because I did. It's based on a joke that I wrote back in 2001 that I did on my half hour special that I still occasionally do. I'll go to the vault. There's only about some guy asked me by the way about Conan. Uh, he sent me an email. Perfectly nice kid. I I, I lost it on him oh. though. Yeah, keep talking. I got to find oh. someone to read to you. But go ahead. Yeah, he asked me. Uh, Hey, you know, I saw you like three years ago. I'm a big fan. The weird thing about that Conan set was that you did a bunch of jokes I had heard before. And I wrote him a note back and I said, I'm going to find you and smother you in your race car bed. Wow. Because you were a tiny child. Wow. Like you get to, it's not an open mic, Conan O'Brien. And I don't get to pick what jokes I get to do on it. And so, and and they were, they were much nicer about the whole thing than anybody, any of the other late night shows. Cause they, cause I submitted a, essentially 14 minutes. We broke it down to about six and then he was like, I like this, but if you like this other one and they're my jokes. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he, in the end it was great. It was like, I really like that pink dot joke. It's this joke about, um, places that deliver in LA. Okay. Um, but I like the Hester Prynne joke, but I like the Pink Dot joke better. Which one do you like better? And I was like, oh, the Hester Prynne joke. And so I did the Hester Prynne joke. Yeah. And, and he was completely open to it. He was like, yeah, yeah, that's great. I like them both. But yeah. And I said, next time, next time, I'd love to. Can I do it again? <laughs> he's like, yeah, you can do it again. I uh, I was, actually, when I was pulling up your, uh, your set from Conan online, for yeah. some reason it was like uh, when I was at the uh, Team Coco or whatever yeah. the site is now, um, it just kept doing that spin. Like, it wasn't loading. Oh, okay. So, I went to YouTube. Uh-oh. And it popped up right there, right away. Yep. Five-minute YouTube video. I watched that. You are not going to read YouTube comments at Only me, one. Only one, Jackie. Okay. Do not, don't. Uh, you because look, let me tell you something. No, no, no. You look worried. You learn very quickly <laughs> I not to go to the YouTube comments. It's <laughs> sometimes terrifying. Right. This is from, I won't even give his name or her name or whoever, but do not be, don't, don't worry. This is good. The comment is, from one week ago, I printed this out this morning before okay. I came here. Quote, I think female comedians are faced with a tougher crowd and rougher expectations, but this chick fucking rocked it. Great set. <laughs> oh, there you go. See? That's funny. And it's, you know, it's funny about the whole rougher. It's, the, I'm, stand-up comedy is a pain in the ass. Nobody, nobody's got a smooth ride to the finish, right? I yeah. Mean, so you get certain advantages for being a woman comic. You get certain disadvantages for being a woman comic. I have been, I have it in my in my bag because people will come up to me consistently and say, not constantly, but consistently. Okay. And will say, usually I don't like women comics, <sighs> but you were really funny. Uh-huh. And I am start, I've begun to give out cards that say, I told Jackie Cation that usually I don't like women comics, but she was really funny. She knows what I mean. But she has given me this card, which has on it a list of seven women comics that are different from Jackie, different from each other, and very, very funny. Yeah. And, uh, and then, uh, and so it's just a fun, because then I don't have to have the conversation. Because what you should do, obviously, I mean, and, and it's hard in social situations to remember to do things. And it is a compliment. What they're saying is, I enjoyed your show. Mm-hmm. They should just say, 
I enjoyed your show. Instead of, normally I wouldn't. What I usually don't like are black comics, but you're great. You're one of the good ones. Yeah, yeah. Really? Out loud? Inside your head voice, crazy. <laughs> and so, um, but it was, I opened for Dennis Miller in Reno, uh, and I gave out my first one. And I started numbering them at uh, 76, because I figure I've said it at least 75 oh, times okay. in the last 20 years. Yeah. And so. <laughs> I like that. Right. And so this very skinny, pointy, waspy woman in her late 50s comes up to me after the Dennis Miller set, and she goes, usually I don't like women comics. You're funny. In this very accusatory tone. And I was like, oh my God, I've got a trinket for you. And I gave her the card and then I didn't have to talk to her. And not moments later, a stoner, blonde kid, blonde guy, early 20s, mid 20s. Dude, you were great. Usually I saw a woman comic picture and I'm like, I saw your picture. I was like, oh man, a woman. And I was like, really? Keep talking. Keep Allow me to get you yeah, a yeah. card. I'll, I'll be right back. <laughs> Anyway, but um, that is perfect. You can just give it to them, and they're gonna have to, as they're reading. Just that's walk it right away. <laughs> exit. It's a really good exit strategy. That's perfect. I know, and I just picked the first seven comics that that said something funny on Twitter or Facebook. Mm-hmm. So I mean, there were comics that it could it could be seven other comics, you know, like right. Tracy Ashley and um, Karen Rontowski were both like. Why am I not on this <laughs> card? And I'm like, no, no, you guys will be on the next one. Tracy, so- you're on the black female comic card. No, That's I have, different. I have uh, Shannon. I have Shannon Paul <laughs> on the card because she said something hilarious. So she, Miss Shannon's yeah, from here. Right, right. And, um, and instead of Karen Rontowski, who did I put? Aparna. Aparna Nancherla. Do you oh. know Aparna Nancherla? I know that name. She is. She also writes for Totally Biased, and she is obviously of Indian ancestry, mm-hmm. India Indian. Uh, but she is Amer- you know, second generation, and yeah. um, one-liners, which are what Rontowski writes as well. But they're just, they're hilarious, silly, smart as all hell. Yeah. And Aparna Nancherla, and, 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 uh... And Miss Shannon, who does a lot of nice dorky geek stuff. Okay, so the Dork Forest. You asked me about the, how the Dork Forest started. Yeah. It was, uh, the joke is about how deep into the Dork Forest you have to go to get to the war reenactment guys. And then I mention all the different people that I'm willing to hang out with up to, but not including the war reenactment guys. Okay. And so that joke got resonated so much with, like, I would get emails. And so when I started the podcast, I was like, well, let's dork out about stuff. Yeah. And then I had a co-host for the first three years, this guy, Joe Wilson. Okay. And so we just would have another guest on and we would talk to people about what they loved. And Joe was a huge politics dork at the time. Um, Just, it was, you know, 2006 at the end of, you know, in the middle of the whole, the nightmare that was sort of a post nine eleven before we all just got used to our dystopian present. <laughs> and uh, so, but Joe, you know, Joe was, you know, very, and always knew stuff. And it was, you know, and I'd be like, well, what do you think of Ursula Le Guin? No. And uh, so, and we would have that. And then we would have a third guest. And, and then when Joe went to do, um, he went off to do, his own uh, web series and, okay. and write and, and film stuff. He did a thing called Vampire Mob. Have you ever heard of Vampire Mob? No. It's essentially um, it's it's a vampire hitman, and he bites his wife to turn her into a vampire because he loves her, and she bites her mother. So it kind of turns into a little bit of a very dark sitcom, because now he's got to feed both of them and himself. <laughs> uh, 
with by taking hits, you yeah. know, just going and killing people and then draining them and bringing good grocery shopping, essentially. Oh <laughs> it's pretty dark. Vampiremob.com, Joe Wilson. So, go. but that guy, so I did that and then, um, so, but, so he left and so I did another 100 episodes or another 80 episodes and then I started two years ago doing, and it used to be two guests and I still do dork panel is usually two or three people and that's just people, it's usually just riffing. Yeah. Because I did one with Sean Cullen and oh, yeah. Deborah D. Giovanni in Canada about a month and a half ago. Uh, they flew me up to Toronto to do a live Dork Forest. Awesome. It was pretty great. And and I had done a live one in New York at the New York Podcast Festival with Wyatt Cenac. And his dorkdom was Muppets. Oh, I love the Muppets. Yeah. They made a Muppet of him for The Daily Show. A Muppet of Wyatt Cenac. What? I know. I want a Muppet. I want to be made into a Muppet. I want to be made into a Simpsons character. Oh. I want all of those things yeah. that cool people get to do. You know, the uh, uh, here's my Muppet uh, nerddom. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. The next tattoo, I have three tattoos. The next one I want to oh. get is um, is a Muppet character. And the reason I want, I love this guy so much, this character, is because I, as a kid, when that show was on, this he's only in two episodes, the original show. Yeah. Scared the shit out of me. <gasps> beyond belief. And then, like, I don't know, five, six years ago, like, I something reminded me of that. So yeah. I fe- looked all over the internet and uh, finally found a picture of him, found his name. Now I now I have the action figure. Well done, well and, done. Yes. That, is, I, that is nice and dark. I found the episode, or the two episodes that this character is on. Right. And uh, bought the DVD. That was before they had, now you can like get him anywhere, but I had to like order it from like uh, Time Life or whatever the right. hell it was. <laughs> uh, then brought it over to uh, my sister's house. Right. Because she's an amazing artist. She, right. She did the, uh, we have a logo for the podcast. Okay. It's like a microphone with arms. It kind of looks like, it has like a goatee like me. My sister drew that. She's a nice. really good artist. And uh, I ha- I brought over the uh, Muppets DVD, gave it to her, and said, I can't find any clear pictures of this character online, but if you go to, you know, 12 minutes and 15 seconds into this, hit pause, there's an awesome, you know. Screenshot, sc- yeah. Screenshot. If you could draw me pictures of him. I'm going to get this tattooed eventually, yeah. and I still haven't done it yet. Um, right. Who's but the, I have him. His the, name is Uncle Deadly. Uncle Deadly? Uncle Deadly. Did you see the movie that came out? Yeah. The Jason Siegel movie? Yeah. He's in the Jason Siegel uh, Muppets movie. He's blue. Mm-hmm. He's got like... Um, Scraggly. It's like uh, coming down from his face, almost sort of like a beard, but it's not a beard. Like he, he looks very devilish. Okay. Uh, he's... He's a, he's a, a bad guy Muppet, I guess okay. you would say. Like in the movie. Oh, was he working for the bad guy? Yes. He was one of the thugs, yes. essentially? The yeah, Muppet thug? Exactly. <laughs> Not the Moppets or the Mopet. He wasn't no, a no. Mopet. No. He, no, he was in the, uh, you know, with the uh, Chris Cooper's character. Yeah. Yeah. He's one of the. Yeah, uh, he's one of the two. Yeah, there's like, like there a big two bear. Runs. Yeah, yeah, there's a bear and then Uncle Deadly. Wow. Yes. So You're gonna m- get it as a tramp stamp, <laughs> <laughs> just a back backdoor backdoor Muppet. I don't know if you guys are the worst. You know, I was, I was I've actually heard you're a top, so I'm sorry. Oh my god, really? I did see a guy at the tramp stamp last week. Did when you? We, when Josh and I were at the deal at the swimming pool? with the kids, <sighs> I don't know if you noticed there was a guy at the tramp stamp. Wow. Yeah, I didn't get close enough to see exactly what it's it was, the- but I saw ink. You saw ink on a guy's yeah. uh, lower back above his. Lower trunk. back. His trunk line. His trunk line above the trunks. <laughs> yeah. To the trunks. Gattaca. Well, I have to That's tell you that I, I think that you're the 
Dork Force is like a brilliant idea for show. I mean, this isn't breaking news to you. You've done a thousand episodes or eight hundred or whatever, five hundred, five hundred yeah. something. So, but and I'm working just, on Dork Expedition, um, a, a, a TV pitch. Really? Yeah, for Travel Channel. It would I, be great, right? Yeah. Yeah, super fun. I love it. And I, I, I have. Uh, it's uh, thank you. I appreciate that. This show, this podcast, ends up being a little bit of that. To you know, it, um, oh, where people just, dork out. Yeah, just yeah. small segments of that. But I love that stuff. I love it's, that stuff. Well, it's fascinating what people love. Yeah, but yeah, people's people's lives are fascinating, mm-hmm. and what they love is fascinating. Mm-hmm. Just the word. I mean, I had Andy Kindler on, and he loves sad sack comic books, like Harvey Crumb or. Uh, Harry, Harry, Harry H.P. Crumb? Yeah. H.P. Lovecraft? No. <laughs> he loves... It's Crumb. And yeah. whatever it is, it's it's the sad sack day in a life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I call him day in a life of a sad sack comic books. Uh, I don't enjoy that. I like uh, The Invisible Iron Man, for example. Yeah. Or Pops, possibly X Factor. And uh, I'm a big comic book fan. Yeah. So. I lost that bug. Oh, did you? Yeah. I had a comic book thing. I lost it. Uh, my... I. My husband is a native Sherpa and was bringing home about 40 comic books a month. Oh, wow. So they're just sitting around and they take 20 minutes to read. So you're in. You're on board. It is my attention span. Oh, it's perfect. So I should get more into them. Right. Back. If you have disposable income coming out of your ears. Yeah, and I use that for other stuff. Yeah, yeah. But I probably should. I think we're getting to that time here. I this think it's been an by. hour, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think so, too. And uh, I want to go longer, but we'll lose. We're good. Speaking of, uh, you know, yeah. attention spans. Well, I'll, I'll come back. L- come this back. super fun. Yeah, thank you. Um, tell people, you have two CDs. Right, I have Circus People, and then my my current CD is It Is Never Going to Be Bread, Top 10 Comedy Albums on Amazon, the year it came out, which was 2010. But yeah. uh, the jokes are still very current, except for the George W. Bush joke, which is current because it is the dirtiest. It's track number nine, and the rest of the album, you can have kids can listen to it. It's fine. Track number nine, maybe not. Oh, maybe well. not. But uh, And it's weird that it's even on there because I, th- I never did that joke. Uh, I just happened to be done that night, and I was like, it is a good joke. Eh, leave it in there. Let's leave it in, and it's filthy, But uh, and I'm not really that dirty, right. so it's right. interesting. So Bread and Circus People, and then I was just on Conan, yes. and I just recorded the thing for Nick Moms, even though this is not the mother of three, it just looks like the mother of three. Uh, so that's going to be on Nickelodeon at some point, and I did a terrible show that I loved dearly because they paid me, and I got to do stand-up comedy on television. Uh, I'm not even going to mention the name because I want to do it again. Oh, anyway, so uh, but okay. yeah, but JackieCation.com or DorkForest.com. Yes, yeah, or AllThingsComedy.com is the umbrella podcast. Oh, sure, the that I'm in network. with Tom Papa and Baron Vaughn and a bunch of other great comics, Bill Burr and Al Madrigals. Oh, it's, yeah, it's, it's their it's their podcast network yeah Thanks and for you also sell uh which i want one somehow i don't know how we're gonna make uh, that happen a dork forest t-shirt you want okay i have two two designs i got the ranger of the dork forest where dorky things are coming out of the forest and then i have fan art that brett chambers just did that's a new one that are green and brown where that says the dork forest and it has a quote from the lord of the rings yes on it. and it has the rebel alliance symbol yeah, yeah. yes I, that one is awesome that's the they one. both are that's yes. the one and they are available on JackieCation.com, and uh, they are made in America, so they run big because they're made by Americans. <laughs> Perfect. Jackie, thank you. Thanks for having me. All right.